0: Ba-da-ba- oh, wait a minute. Do we do Bada Ba Bay on a special?
1: Oh, I dunno. I think well, why not? Why I mean, you can do Bada Baidae whatever you want in.
0: What we do what we should Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. do is for specials. We should Oh, this is what we should do. When we do specials, we go back to singing the theme tune again because that was so popular when we first started.
1: <laughs> that's how so are you we're gonna do it.
0: A... that's how you know Pate... it's a special.
1: Pato Banton style theme tune? Yes. Baby, come bone, 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 bone,
0: bone, bone.
1: Baby, do you want to do the voice ever while I sing it? Yeah. Baby, come boom, boom, boom,
0: boom, bone, bone. Baby, I come, must admit I was a bum clown bum to be bum. messing around. But oh, I thought you were going to do the
1: American voice. What? The whole. Welcome to the Bad Boy Running Podcast. Oh. These are the. I thought you'd be oh, no, that guy. I'll do guy, that, I'll I'll do that go, bit. I'll
0: do that. Carry on. Carry on. Okay.
1: I'm still going. Baby come. Boom. Boom. bum bum Boom. Boom. Baby come. Yes, Boom. They're bad.
0: They're boys. Baby and they come, sometimes bom, bom, talk about running. Bom, bom, it's bom, your hosts, Jody Rainsford
1: and David bom, bom, Hellard. Bye. 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 Wow. We sing with the music perfectly.
0: That was amazing. It was almost. I I If we hadn't added that bit in the start where it said we were going to sing it, I think people would have not even noticed. They would have noticed well, I, that we hadn't, hadn't uh, played the uh, theme music.
1: Well, we have just we've just had a um, a post in the, the Facebook group by Ali Bailey where she's figured out the number of uh, times we'd l- need, need to listen to Pato Banton in a week to try and get him to number one. And she thinks we can do it. If we all listen to it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we only need about 8000 people doing that constantly <laughs> so we're nearly there i mean no what, if we we, just... what we need
0: to do we need to we need to start a movement we need to start a movement because we need to get influencers on board and once we get influencers on board and we need to find a situation where playing that song would um raise the nation's awareness of something so it's
1: like rick rolling, but for good
0: yeah yeah so so and the great thing about um, what we've been talking about it has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on what we're about to um, uh, introduce
1: except about keeping mental focus
0: and baby coming back to the yellow gate (laughs) yes (laughs) absolutely if, if there's one if there's one race in the world that is the most difficult but there's one song that will help you come back to the yellow gate it is Pato Banton's Baby Come Back, and if you're running, the Barclay Marathons.
1: Absolutely. So if, you, if you've never listened to this before, we are, I am David Hellard, this is Jodie Rainsford. Hello. And we are Bad Boy Running, but we mostly talk about things unrelated to running in any way. Which is,
0: um, which is why but, this one's a special, because it is actually about running.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we've done some different theme music, just to try and get you in the mood. I, you know, jazz things up a little bit but today we were very lucky to have uh, John on who hopefully you've seen I and mean, it's been everywhere all across um, social media I don't know if it's just because I've got lots of running friends
0: but well I think I think there's a, there's a heightened awareness of Barclay Marathons after after Netflix um and there was a um a, there was a store a special story this year as well which which thrust it into the um into the limelight as well um it,
1: yeah, I mean, we had, um, so John, who we've got coming on, he it's just, it was his third attempt this year, and he made it with, I don't think it was that many minutes to spare, but then also Gary, Gary Robbins, who have been running with for four laps. Look up Barkley if you've never heard of it before, before you listen to this podcast. I suggest just do a little bit of research, see some videos, even go on Netflix and watch a documentary. It's fantastic. Um, they ran together for four laps, and the rule is if you come in, together on four laps, you have to go in different directions for your last lap. So John went round um, the original way. I believe Gary went round it in reverse and having got the final page of the final book, he, um, he got lost and came off course. Six seconds over, I think. it was eight Well, seconds, no, well, well
0: he'd, missed, he'd missed two miles of it as well. So it wasn't, I, I think it was, uh, Laz um, clarified it in the end, that it wasn't actually six yeah. seconds. He'd he missed that part of the course. But it was a very dramatic ending. It was a very dramatic yeah. failure. He'd come so close um, and through just a short, you know, an error in the last two miles of a race, which is...
1: 60 hours.
0: Which is 60 hours. <laughs> which you just can't comprehend, but a lot of that, a lot of that has overshadowed the fact that, um, that that John, you know, was the only person that finished um, yeah. uh, this year. One of the few people that um, that uh, has actually finished the race in, a, in, you know, which is renowned as one of the the tough, well, probably the toughest race in the world in terms of I, I it's, its, its I, mental strength. What?
1: Well, yeah, I, I think when when people talk about tough races, I can't think of anything that actually sounds as tough as this
0: no 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 uh, well you yeah, know as 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 we'll find out because the uh, the other elements of it are uh, you know it's not just about physicality and that's and that's what most people think about racing there's there's a lot of mental elements to it and um, a lot of people say that uh, their races are the toughest um but this has yeah. this has this re- this the reputation um, and from people who've done it before if a, a race is tough when people attempt it and then don't get, go back for a second time because they're just like i'm yeah. done i'm done with two laps and that's it and i'm happy with it um because they've discovered think, something um, like themselves
1: and and also because a part of me when i'd been looking back at barclay had had at the back of my mind thought well how good are these people actually attempting it and because so few people attempt it each year, it is hard to get a sense of you know, the caliber of person getting into it. But then, you know, Mike Wardian, who did it this year, he, um, did you hear about him? He, he set the record for seven marathons in seven days. I think it was on seven continents, all of them well under three hour. Yeah. I think some of them he was running like 230s, 235s. I mean, just phenomenal athlete. And he went out there and got absolutely spanked by it. And that's when you think, yeah, this is just another level. And
0: it's, the thing is, it's about, it, one of those things is about time on your feet. I mean, like, if you run, if you can run, like, a marathon in a short amount of time, what you, the, the thing, the element is, what, what are you like after 75 hours on your feet? You know, that's, yeah. that, that, that's what the test is, really, isn't it? It's like, you know, speed is, is, is part, of the, part of the thing. But actually, what is it, what are you like? And that's why it, it has that reputation, because you are in a place that you are dealing with things physically you're dealing with um sleep deprivation um probably not having enough nutrition um there's so many other elements um at play uh, within that um that, that you know they combine to make to make it this tough but but yeah i mean you know, as uh, as john as john will explain in uh, much greater detail uh, there are it's just it's, it's one of those things it's difficult to explain a race um Especially as we, like, you know, we of course haven't done it. It's like trying to explain the marathon de Saab. Explain the marathon de Saab to someone. The explanation of it and and the reality of it are two very different things.
1: I think the different, the a big difference of this race than than almost any other race though is because it's it's so inhospitable. Inhospitable. MDS. You you have. Camera crew everywhere, you yeah. get to see what the terrain's like throughout. You get to see people seven miles in, 100 miles in. Whereas this, everything you ever see is pretty much from the start and the end point, <laughs> and then they have 60 hours in between. Well, that yeah. you just have no concept of.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, even even in the Netflix documentary, there's only the footage is only really from like two or three different areas where the film crew can get. Um, yeah, there's not you know, there's you're not. You're not following it around. I mean, I wonder if, like, someone has, has filmed it on a GoPro or or
1: something um, just to get a, I mean, an mean, go- how, how long does a GoPro film for? Two hours? Oh, Three hours? Oh,
0: is that all it does? I don't know. I've not, not got one.
1: Yeah. And um, so yeah. you'd have to be incredibly committed to take one out and be constantly turning it off and on. And, and I'd imagine, actually, the type of people that apply... Yeah, it would doubt yeah. out a lot of people that would be there just to make a video for YouTube. Um But anyway, let's crack on. Brilliant. Well, we've uh, we've got our next guest on, and this one has come pretty short notice. Why we're why we're doing a special? So, um, Rhonda Marie, who you've you've hopefully all heard that podcast, um, made to do better, where she has she took on Barkley Marathons, even though she's legally registered as blind. And following this year's event, it's it's caused so much media. So Rhonda sent a, a message out to John, who had just finished um, on his third attempt. So John very kindly offered to come on, but actually the main reason we wanted to get John on is because uh, he's a triathlete and he's building up to the, the Ironman champs and Jody, <laughs> oh, no. we knew that was going to be really important for Jodie. So um, we're doing two triathlon podcasts in a row, depending on when we release this, which uh, but well, welcome to the podcast, John.
2: Yay. Thank you all. It's great to be here.
1: So you may not have gathered, but um, jody has got a bit of a chip on his shoulder by Ironman. <laughs> I, I,
0: it's, it's mainly about cycling it's mainly about cycling that i've got a chip on my shoulder about um of which i would yeah And i am always saying that if you do iron man then you're a cyclist rather than a runner um although you may be the exception that disproves the entire rule. So, <laughs> so thanks for that david
2: <laughs> yeah i i generally i i try not to drown on the swim and then i kind of <laughs> Sit myself up on the bike and, and then really go for it on the run. So I, you know, the running is definitely the strongest of of the three for me. But I'm I'm not a bad cyclist, and and as you say, if if you're a bad cyclist, it's it's hard to do well, just because it's such a huge proportion of the event.
1: But psychologically, it's so much better to be a good runner because if you hit that last the last event of it, and you know you're going to fly through the crowd, it means. You've got something to look forward to, and you can then just hunt people down.
2: Yeah, I I, I do love that. It'd be great to to kind of start a little closer to the front and and stay there. <laughs> but I, I do I do love that feeling during the run. I, I think in all the triathlons that I've ever done, I've only gotten past on the run one time because I'm I'm just I'm moving my way up from <sighs> from the back. That must have
1: hurt. though. that must have been painful.
2: Yeah, to see that yeah. So the he, the big question
1: fun. is. Big question is: Will you get an Iron Man tattoo?
2: Uh, no, no, that's, yes! uh,
1: that's not <laughs> for me. Good, that's our biggest gripe with Iron Man. There's no uh, other event in the world where people feel the need to pub- publicize the fact they finished it as much as I've had.
2: Right? Yeah. You know, it's it's the same with that as, as with Barkley. For me, you know, I'm I'm doing it to to challenge myself and to see what I can do, not to not to show other people what I can do
1: so have you have you done nine before
2: uh yeah so i mean i've i've done two of them well they both got slightly shortened uh due to weather conditions so i guess technically i, I haven't done a uh a full one a <laughs> full 140.6 at least uh but I, i've done iron man maryland uh two years now and so how
1: do they how does it compare Buckley?
2: Uh, so, you know, they're, they're very different events and they, they place very different demands on your body. The, the Ironman, you know, you're operating for quite a while at at high intensity near your lactate threshold. Uh, you know, Barkley is much lower intensity, but over a much longer period of time and with a lot more factors, you're dealing with, uh, mental factors, mental fatigue, sleep deprivation, navigation, bad terrain, if you kind of had to overall uh, compare the two as far as the difficulty and the recovery from it, and again, it varies based on what your own skill set is, but I've I've kind of told people that roughly an Iron Man uh, finishing within time is kind of finishing one Barkley loop in any amount of time.
0: <laughs> yes! <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you know, but again, with Iron Man, you're, you're going for for more than just finishing you're going for time and yeah i would say that qualifying for kona in iron man is is roughly uh doing a, a Barkley fun run which is the three loops
0: amazing and okay. then
2: those those fourth and fifth loops just uh they they scale ridiculously as as far as uh difficulty mostly from fighting the the mental fatigue at that point
1: yeah yeah i bet so um i've, I've done a bit of research which is pretty rare for this show we tend to uh um, <laughs> tend to be pretty unprofessional and lazy and from what i've for what it's, I've, sa- I've seen on the internet it says you only started racing um pretty much in 2013 is that right
2: yeah I, I ran growing up i ran cross country and track in high school uh but i i basically took 10 years off from running uh, when I was in college and grad school, I, you know, I, I kind of went the intramural hero route. I, I played softball and flag football and whatnot for what that's worth. Uh, flag football? yeah. So that, well, American football. So, oh, okay. yeah, so, sport. <laughs> gotcha. so, so the, the flag, ver- our flag football is our American football, except for, instead of tackling people, uh, you, you rip flags off of their belt. Oh,
0: you oh, so be like tag, rugby. tag yeah, rugby, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, so yeah, I, I I started running again uh, seriously towards the end of 2013. Uh, signed up for a marathon to see what I could do, and, and things kind of grew from there.
1: And were you, were you pretty pacey in college then?
2: Sorry, what was that?
1: Were you pretty pacey in college in those shorter distances?
2: Uh, no, so I mean, I, I just I didn't do much of anything at, at all in college. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I don't think I ran a single race from 2004 to 2013. Uh, well, may, maybe the exception of the, the Krispy Kreme challenge. It's, uh, something <laughs> that of my, my friends started actually at, at NC state where I did my undergrad and you, you run, I think it's up to an eight K now when, when I did it, you ran two miles from, uh, campus down to the Krispy Kreme and ate a dozen donuts and then ran back uh so i i did that somewhere in there what, that what? that was my my soul race what's a it what's the what's the sort of record on that so
0: you had to run 2k and 12 donuts 12 quid was it was it the original original glazed or yeah like, yep oh
1: I'm trying to think how much that is that is it's that uh is, i, I th-
2: think each one of those is 200 calories so you're looking at 2400 <laughs> calories there uh, and oh, then plus wow. all the water you need to wash it down. Oh. So it was uh, – that's another one where I, I felt great on the way back because, I you know, I, all the people that were so good at eating, they yeah. uh, they passed me up at the Krispy Kreme. And then on the way back, I was just, you know, flying by, <laughs> by people. I, thought I thought still that... had a donut in my mouth the entire time. You
1: know. I thought the time of the run would be irrelevant to how long it takes to get 12 down or people just –
2: People, people can really get them down. It's, it's impressive, you know. They take them and they smash them down together, and uh, just, just shove them down. Oh, we need to research.
0: We got episode a episode, new that challenge, <laughs> a new challenge we've invented.
1: Oh
2: no! <laughs> I, I, I can put you in touch with the founders if you, uh, if That'd you want to do something on that.
1: We, I mean, we we do beer and drinking races over here quite a bit. Um, sometimes with food, but we've not done as pure as just Krispy Kremes. <laughs> I think it's another level so um so you started you started in 2013 you said started doing some runs so you you ramped up pretty quickly into your first Barclays then
2: yeah so I I kind of I had a goal in mind to qualifying for Boston and and running that and probably being done uh but when I, I qualified for Boston it was just after the registration period so I had to wait a full year and a half yeah. until the race
1: Oh, that's a clue and that's a clue to when the registration period is
2: <laughs> oh no 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 this this was for boston
0: oh uh, sorry <laughs> yeah that's, that's not a secret david boston that's okay, not a secret yeah. at all you're getting them all mixed up so
2: during that year and a half i, I kind of said you know well i i should see i got to keep myself busy and in shape i should see what else is out there and that's when i i picked up triathlons and, and picked up ultras uh kind of found the world of vultures i I kind of done a lot of trail running on my own but didn't know there was this kind of world out there where people had actually these long trail races
1: but but when did barkley because it it was are you a local by had um yeah local to where the race was
2: yeah so i I did my first barkley in in 2015 uh and you know that that was a, a pretty incredible experience. I, I was not experienced much uh, myself at that point, and and while we're on the topic of, of food while running, that's really what did me in. I, I thought I was going to survive off of you know energy gels for thirty hours. Uh, <laughs> after, after long enough, your stomach just says no. I, I'm not having any more of that, uh, and I, I couldn't get anything else down, and and was in rough shape.
1: Because did you done ultras before your first Barclay.
2: Uh Some kind of small stuff, uh, mainly like you know, uh, unofficial. There there are things called called fat ass runs where basically it's it's an organized uh, but unofficial race. Uh, no aid stations, no entry, no prizes or anything. Just kind of people getting together and, and running and enjoying the trails.
0: Oh, cool. And what, so what sort of distances were those then, just to,
2: just to get an indi- indication? Uh, so, I mean, most of the actual runs I did, I, I mean, didn't really exceed 40 or 50 miles. Okay. Uh, I did, you know, my background, I've I've done some kind of multi-day trail running and, and through hiking, which, uh, you know, I don't know how much you'd call them running, but, yeah. you know, the things where I'd, I'd go out for a weekend and... Uh, run trails for 100 miles or so uh, over the course of a few days
1: so that first Barkley how confident were you would you say
2: how confident was I I not at all I was I was scared to death I you know I thought that I prepared as well as I could but the fact of the matter is that I couldn't prepare well there are just so many things that were unknown uh due to the race being a mystery and due to me being highly inexperienced uh and so i I just i kind of went into it not knowing what to expect and uh yeah it was not not much confidence that first year how
0: did how did you get how did you get to the right did did someone suggest you do it how did you i mean like you say your local stuff but how did you did other ultra runners did they mention it or something how how did you sort of stumble across it
2: uh, so, I mean, I, I'd known about the race for a while yeah. uh, and it kind of always been one of those thoughts of, yeah, that, that'd that be cool to do. It'll probably never happen, but that'd be cool. Uh, and and as, as I started improving and, and getting better, it kind of came into my mind of, well, it, I should actually give this a shot. And so I, I did my research. I, I figured out how to get my entry in. it's, you know, it's a secretive entry process, but it's really just an initial filter to yeah. kind of keep people from stumbling across a website and saying, Oh, that looks fun. I'll click apply. Cause the race director already gets so many applications mm. to sort through, but for anyone who really wants to figure it out and really wants to be out there, it's, it's not, you know, impossible to figure that out.
1: And, um, and how far did you get in the first one then?
2: Uh, I made it three loops. So that was, a, a an official fun run finish. And I, I actually, I had time. I was within the cutoff to go back out and start a fourth loop, which, which maybe I, I should have done. I could have gotten a few books, but I was just in such a bad state at that point that there's, there's no way I was going to finish the race or probably finish another loop. So to me, uh, at the time, it, it didn't seem uh, worth it to to get back out there.
1: That's pretty good, though. It's a first <laughs> attempt.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was definitely thrilled with that. Uh, thrilled to kind of do well and make good use of the spot that I had gotten, and to represent the community, and and to do well enough to to get back in the next year, and then this year, uh, so that I could kind of build up to to getting my finish.
1: What? what, I was, think that's, what oh, sorry. And That's what sounds so hard about it psychologically is I mean, we, have, we have lots of lap races over here. But once you start on a lap in a lap race, when you bail, you know you can walk back to the start. What seems really crushing is that when you go out on another Barkley lap, you've no idea where you're going to end up or how many hours it's going to take you to come back. So it's almost as, as, as big a risk going out that you are going to have to do the whole distance without finishing that lap as, 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 you know, actually being able to, um, to make it round.
2: Yeah. So there are definitely a, a few places where it would take quite a while to get back to camp. Uh, there's really nowhere on the course where you're ever, uh, more than a couple miles from a road or from an easy route back to camp. So as long as you kind of know, uh, the, The general area and have your wits about you then you can you can get back to camp the the more difficult thing to me really is the flip side of that that four times during the race you're coming back to this comfortable (laughs) great campsite where you know you've got shelter and clothing and whatever food you want to eat and you can sit down and rest and and you have to consciously make that decision of, of nope, I'm, I'm going to leave all this behind and go back out there again.
0: And how, 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 when you were doing it for that first time, like say on the very first lap of the very first time you did it, what, what was sort of going through your mind? Were you thinking, because your expectation must have been so broad, you must have had like no real idea of what to expect. Do you, you know, was there any thought you were thinking, okay, I can handle this, that slowly turned into Wow. Or, or, yeah, what was what was sort of going through your mind yet yeah, on that sort of very first lap of the very first time you were doing it?
2: I, I was just trying to stay with some veterans that knew where they were going, yeah. and you know, be, be sure I didn't get left out there by myself. And honestly, I, I felt again my uh, my nerves were so bad that first year that the night before the race, I'd been my legs had been cramping up, I, I hadn't been sleeping, and even at the start on that initial climb. My calves were cramping. They just felt like bricks. And I, I kind of made a conscious decision of, okay, you're going to push and you're going to keep going and you're going to keep up with these people or you're going to blow up and be done right here. Uh, you know, I I could have eased off and done, you know, falling back with someone else and done a single loop or something, but I I definitely made the conscious decision to, to either, uh, go big or, or bust.
1: And, does local knowledge help do do you get a knowing what the land's like knowing how the valleys fit together is an advantage i would say
2: yeah definitely knowing i mean i hadn't spent time off trail in frozen head or anything you're not allowed to do that um even if you're not a race participant and but I, i had spent plenty of time off trail in the mountains surrounding frozen head and having that general feel for the lay of the land and the terrain and how certain features typically uh, run together was was quite valuable, as as well as just being familiar with the general difficulty and the obstacles. I feel like so many people get out there and they have this preconceived mo- notion of, of oh, it's the, it's the East Coast, you, you know, all, in the U.S., all the big mountains are on the West Coast, and they say oh, it's the East Coast, it, it can't be that bad. And they've, they've never seen, you know, briar patches or mountain laurel thickets or anything, which uh, as a kid, you know, I'd go up these steep banks and through yeah. these thickets and just, you know, for fun. And so other people run into that and they say, what is that? We're supposed to go through that? Are, are you kidding me? So there's this, this shock factor. Yeah. Whereas I, I didn't have any preconceived notion of other ultras difficulties and i i see that and i kind of just say oh, okay well that's where we go let's go
1: so does that mean you have to wear quite specific clothing then to protect yourself
2: uh, i mean you can i i've tended to wear like some compression stuff on my quads to at least keep the briars from going up too far and then i wear some stuff on my calves like compression sleeves and that protects some. There's still some some bigger stuff that gets through, uh, and it's kind of a trade off between comfort and uh, staying cool versus just kind of dealing with the briars. I mean, so I don't have anything on my knees usually, and they still get eaten up. But it's it's you know it's kind of just the mindset of it's it's a few scratches. I'll I'll be fine. It they'll heal.
0: So when does on that on that first one that you did? Um, how much of that? was about physicality and then when did the the mental aspect come in how how quickly did um did it turn into a a race a race against your mind
2: so on the first one it was probably really uh, i was limited more by by the physical factors i you know like i said i I wasn't eat, eating anything, and it, towards the end of that third loop, my muscles were still fine, but just systemically, my body was so fatigued
0: yeah.
2: uh, that it it couldn't keep going. And so it, it's really loop four, where you start to deal with some of the uh, real sleep deprivation issues and, and the really hard mental battles, and then loop five is just... Uh, you know, last year I started loop five. I got one book, and I said to myself afterwards, oh, "I was so close. Just just one more loop, and I'd this thing." <laughs> after this year, just that fifth loop is so so much harder than than any of the other loops. I mean, it just it, it the scaling factor is is ridiculous. And so, no, I I wasn't close after four, and the, just the the sleep deprivation and and the mental fatigue. Uh, fighting that that psychological battle, that entire fifth loop, uh, that that was rough.
1: So, so it, it, is it the, the fact that your mind saying stop, stop, stop? It just gets louder. Is that what is the trouble on the fifth loop, or is it something else?
2: So, for some people, that's definitely it. Um, I I had my my mind pretty well fortified in that regard. I, to me, in my mind there was only one direction to move and that was forward. It was just a question of how am I going to do that and remembering why I'm doing that. So the two primary things for me were, were a staying awake. I I was so, you know, I, towards the end of that fifth loop and the early start was a factor here as well. Towards the end of that fifth loop, it was Uh, I was approaching 80 hours where I had gotten uh, about one hour of sleep collectively over that entire time. Wow. And it was, I I was worried I was going to fall asleep while moving. Um, And then the other piece is your mind starts to kind of almost think that it's asleep and you, you don't, know if what you're experiencing is real or if it's a dream and this kind of happened to me a bit uh last year as well and it's just it, it takes all the focus you can to keep reminding yourself that it is real and yeah. this is what you're doing that this is Berkeley, and you are on the fifth loop and you you have to keep moving in this direction uh because otherwise there's there's such an awesome race report Andrew Thompson who finished in 2008 he he failed on the fifth loop in 2005 and he just has a an incredible race report where he absolutely lost it on the fifth loop he he lost all sense of reality had no idea where he was or or what he was doing uh, and, and wandered back to camp at hours later
1: and so do you have something written down almost on your, on your hands so that you can constantly look at, to remind yourself? Or how do you keep it at the forefront of your mind?
2: Uh, so I, when I got to that point, I just, I focused on the one thing. I kind of realized, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to think clearly in general, kind of have a full grasp of all of reality, but maybe if I can pick out one single piece of it and just Repeat that to myself. I'll, I'll be good. And so it it really hit me worst after I got my final page, and all I had was this easy run down a trail back into camp. And just that entire run, I was just repeating to myself that this is Barkley. <laughs> this is ri- this is really Barkley. This is really the fifth loop. You really have all your pages. All you have to do is touch the gate. Just touch the gate. Just go touch the gate, John. <laughs> And so, I just had that one thought fixated in my mind of, of "Go touch the gate
1: and so, so when you're you've just got that one thought, were you eating on the last lap? Were you conscious of things like that hydrating um, how do you navigate? How do you actually function all the other things, the elements that you need to get through it
2: so fortunately when i when I got to that point, it was. Uh, you know, it was it was a run down a trail, so I didn't have to worry about navigation anymore. I doubt I ate anything on that descent. Uh, I, in fact, I'm almost certain that I didn't. Uh, earlier in the loop, it was actually the trail sections that were most dangerous for me because when I was on the trail, that's where my mind kind of whether I wanted it to or not, it kind of let itself relax and yeah. let its yeah. guard down and started drifting off to sleep. Whereas the off trail sections, it, you know, I, I, I was forced to be more alert on thinking about where to navigate.
1: Yeah. And do you think you'd have potentially fallen asleep and woken up and just have no idea where you are, <laughs> what you were doing?
2: So yeah, that that kind of happened to me be, before I started that last descent. I, I grabbed my last page and I remember looking down at my watch, and there was an hour and 40 minutes left. And the next thing I knew, I looked down at my watch, and there was an hour and 20 minutes left. Oh. I was standing somewhere else. Wow. And so, like, 20 minutes had gone. I I don't know if, like, I had just been wandering around for 20 minutes or, or what. Uh, but, it, yeah.
1: So, taking it back to when you then came for your second attempt, you'd obviously had some... A real insight into what it was going to take to to succeed. You knew that your nutrition strategy was was a real factor, but you'd never hit that lap four lap five uh, m- m- psychological barrier. i mean how how did how did your preparation change from your first year?
2: yeah, so the the nutrition was a a huge factor, obviously. I, I had you know a whole spread of items and Uh, you know, the gels, but supplemented with real food, uh, real, you know, home-baked food to eat while I was out there. And I was also just, I did have some confidence that year. I was kind of prepared to to run my own race and do whatever was necessary. And, And that was good, because I ended up being by myself for four loops that race. But I just... Just having the greater having the experience, the greater course knowledge, I had an experienced crew there with me yeah uh, was was really valuable in, in going um, on to the, the fourth and then the fifth loop as you know I I mentioned that that first year not only was I inexperienced, but my crew was my my wife and my dad who, uh, loving and supportive as they are, they knew nothing of vultures. And you know, when I came in in that that rough state, they they weren't really sure what to do, what, yeah. what to what what to say. Um, and and so I I had much more experience all around uh, that that second year.
0: What what were their, what were their, what were their reactions when you know in the, the state of you after it? I mean, it must be quite difficult with some people so close to you, um, seeing you come in. In, in in a way that you've probably not seen you in before, where they just like you're right. never doing this again.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I mean they they'd never seen that before, definitely never seen uh, that with me before. And so kind of the the experienced ultra people that are out there, I, I come in and I look like that, and they're saying things like, "Ah, oh, get him some chicken soup, he'll be good. <laughs> Send him back out." And uh, you know, meanwhile, my family's wondering if they should call an ambulance take me to the emergency room or something uh, and so that that was a that was an interesting dynamic that first year where yeah. my, my family was i was just kind of sitting there dazed and my family on one side was like no he's he's not going back out there he 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 cannot go back out there and everyone else is uh kind of no, get him this get him get, get him you know a, an espresso and some chicken <laughs> soup and and he'll be he'll be good this, this looks great
1: and so by the, the second and third attempt then, were they always going to be sending you out there when you wanted to? Or was, were they also almost the little devil on your shoulder where they were the warm hug, inviting you to not, you know, just to finish and not get back out?
2: No, no, definitely that, not that. that. That wasn't an option. I, I had a, Julian Jameson was my crew the second year and mm-hmm. also on my crew this year. And he's a Barkley veteran himself. Uh, and I specifically told him before the race, you know, I, I may hate you at the time, but I I need you to be the drill sergeant. I I do not let me quit in camp. Absolutely do not let me quit in camp. If I'm hurting that bad, then I might get a little ways out of camp and decide to turn around, but you can't let me quit in the comfort of camp. And when I came in after my fourth loop, I only had 13 minutes to get back out and start loop five and yeah. I, I was in really bad shape and uh, i sat down and he he almost immediately said john no quitting in camp uh, and they they got me back out there quickly and i i started the fifth loop and proceeded to walk about 100 yards up the road and uh fall down for a nap
1: so you actually so they 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 make you start on the 12 hour is that right or yep. you have to yep. have, okay and you're not allowed back in the camp and then back out again?
2: No. Once you touch that gate and start your loop, no one can render you any aid whatsoever except, oh, except an, another runner. If another yeah. runner had come across me and said, hey, do you need you know some food or something? That's fine. But otherwise, no one can touch me or give me anything or take anything away from me uh, until I, I finish that loop.
1: And what was your routine when you came into
2: camp? Uh. So, this year, or actually
1: through the year. Well, it sounds like the first year is almost not worth bothering with (laughs) because
2: it was the wrong strategy. It's it's year two or three. It's been a it's been a strategy of getting more and more efficient over the years and spending less time in camp. And so, like uh, the first year, I was doing most of the repacking stuff myself. The second year, I was kind of Directing people, hey, I need this and this. Can you put it in these pockets? And uh, this year, it was just it was it was a NASCAR pit stop. Oh, and, really? You know, I I came in and they they gave me my packed pack. I I had full trust, full confidence in them that what I needed was in there, and I grabbed it. And if my shoes and socks were wet, I changed those. Yeah. And then I headed back out. So what you weren't actually
1: it? coming in and having full meals and things like that? Or? Uh,
2: while my shoes and socks were being changed, uh, there'd typically be some food getting stuffed in my face and then I would maybe take something with me as I left camp, maybe take yeah. a slice of pizza or something and, and eat that as I left. So what would, what would
0: your third year experienced uh, Barclay Marathons uh, runner tell your first year? Barkley marathons. What would be the biggest thing that you would tell a a, a Barclay newbie to do? Uh,
2: well, I think most Barclay newbies probably aren't ultra newbies, so they they probably don't have the nutrition issues mm. uh, that I had that first year. The main thing to me would would be to try something that you think you'll fail, that you know you'll fail, and and see how you do, see how you react to that, see how you deal with that situation, uh, and see if you're able to push through it because no matter who you are, no matter what happens at Barkley, there's going to be a time where kind of you, you want to quit where something awful happens and, and you've got to deal with it. Uh, and, and having that mental strength is probably the, the most difficult thing to, to train for and prepare for going into Barkley.
0: It's like it's like you have to find your Kobayashi Maru, isn't it? This is your the un, the un, unwinnable situation in order to test yourself under under the circumstances. That's great, yeah.
1: And and in terms of your training, then building up to um, the each year, has it changed dramatically?
2: So that first year, I kind of I you know I, I panicked and said so I don't know what I'm. Doing, I don't know what I need to do. Uh, th- th- there's a hill. I should run up that hill. I need to go <laughs> run up all the hills, um, and that's kind of what I did. There wasn't um, a, a very sound strategy about it, as much as just go run up all the hills. Yeah. And so the second year, I was I was more organized about it. I was more time efficient, which was incredibly important, uh, in kind of minimizing the impact on on my family. Yeah. And this year. Uh, that, that increased even farther. I, I added one day a week of, of incline treadmill yeah. to it, which was primarily so I, I could be home, uh, while, while the kids napped or played or whatever and, and free my wife up. And so this year in training, I, I basically had three runs that I did and, and that was it. I had my run to and from work that I did during the week. Yeah. Uh, same run every time I had my, Hill repeats that I did near my house on Saturdays, and then I had the incline treadmill on Sundays, and that's that's pretty much it <laughs> the the whole time leading into the race.
0: And were you, I... were
2: you and so were you like specifically training for
0: for Berkeley, or were you was this sort of general training for, for for other things as well, other races that were coming up? Or you know was this sort of very much this is this is the Berkeley.
2: No, it training. was it was absolutely. Uh, you you have to train specifically for Barkley. It's such a unique race. It's got so many unique demands. Uh, other races that I did during my winter uh, ultra marathon season were themselves training for Barkley. Yeah, and so I I kind of have two focus races a year, and and really view all my other races, all my other training as as specifically directed for those two races it's one of those
1: i've had a look through some of your blogs so it's um randomforestrunner.com and it looks like the
2: one one of the runs you mentioned
1: is just over a marathon but takes in fifteen thousand feet
2: yeah so that's that's kind of the capstone to my training so i I mentioned that i did three runs the entire time i guess i kind of I, i did do this one run at the the very end of my my training uh, before I started tapering and yeah it's it's this hill that I found for that first year the first year I went and ran this hill once or twice every weekend mm. uh, but it's about an hour from my house so just the extra time sink that that causes is uh, I, I can't afford that anymore but I, I do go there the the one time I, I was I fortunate Mike Wardian joined me, uh, for it. He, he's, he's an awesome ultra runner. Uh, yeah. he's in the race this year and, uh, yeah, it's, it's 26 times up and down this hill. That's about half a mile long and 550 feet up. Wow. So it adds up to <laughs> j- just over, uh, it, it's, it's what I call the Marlo marathon and it's, it's about a marathon and 14,000 something feet.
1: Yeah, that's incredible, and and so how many miles a week does it all add up to? Do you say your your typical training week?
2: So since I did those uh, kind of my commute runs during the week, uh, which were the the mileage to elevation ratios a bit higher than what most Barkley training would be, I did from the you know from January first to um, Barkley weekend. I I probably averaged 80-something miles a week and probably 20-something thousand feet of elevation gain. And I think I peaked at 105, 110 miles and 42,000 feet. Um, So I I do know, so from January 1st until the end of March, I did 1,000 miles and a quarter million feet of uh, elevation gain. So whatever that averages out to
1: I can handle the distance, but just that elevation. I I think when you're doing that much elevation, it's so hard for your your muscles to actually recover because the impacts coming down is, I mean, were you having to do anything else like yoga or particular stretches, um, anything to actually help with the recovery while you're training?
2: Yeah. And so one thing is, so this year, since a lot of that elevation was on the incline treadmill. I didn't quite have equal parts descent uh, unfortunately but I, I did take one day a week and this was mainly to kind of keep the rust off somewhat for triathlons. Uh, one day a week is kind of my running recovery day. I, I hopped in the pool for a while and hopped on my bike trainer for a while uh, and then also, a, a kind of an extended weekend near the end. I, I guess it was near the end of February. I had my triathlon team training camp and got in quite a bit of swimming and biking, which uh, was was good for kind of recovery on the joints and yeah. maybe the swimming somewhat helped core strength, possibly. But I do think that the biking may have uh, really uh, helped my quads. Uh, and as far as all that climbing that i had to do goes
1: and so in your in this last year then say so at what point did you think i've got this by the bulls or were you always quite worried that it's quite hard to predict at what point it's going to kick in and at what point you might just crumble
2: yeah so it's uh, i never was at any point uh thinking that i was not going to finish yeah but you also Never at any point, can you kind of get overconfident in that. And that was especially true for me on on the last web, as even after I got in my last page and I, I had so much time to get back to camp, I yeah. just the the mental fatigue, I was so worried that I was gonna I was gonna be that guy that got all my pages and then fell asleep or forgot what I was doing yeah. and just wandered around until time ran out.
1: Has that happened before then for to someone?
2: Uh, n- no one has gotten all of their pages and done that, no. Um, but there's always a first. You never know, do you? Yeah. That's it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so although you, you could kind of argue Gary, Gary kind of did that this year. He, he got all his pages and then he made a wrong turn yeah. and missed the very last part of the course. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't until I actually reached out and touched that gate that it, it, it was done. I knew it was done. And is
1: there a way you can prepare for that mental challenge, do you think? The, the tiredness, and is it worth doing some events that are three days long and just to see how you react?
2: Yeah, I th- I think that that, uh, borrows something my, my dad always said that I hate, I, it, it wouldn't hurt. Um, you know, I, I'm not a huge proponent of sleep deprivation training. You know, I feel like it just it harms the other aspects of your training so much that it's probably not worth it. But like I said, just anything you can do to kind of build up that mental strength and to, to convince yourself that, that no, you, you can go on when your mind is telling you that you can't and that you want to quit. Uh, knowing that you can is, is extremely valuable. And, and that was, Again, another thing as far as my experience goes, this year when we got in such bad shape early on because there was a really dense fog and we lost a lot of time, uh, that whole first lap I was kind of doing the math in my head and I was like, okay, we're still in better shape than I was at this point last year. We yeah. can do this. We'll, we'll be all right.
1: And was the plan to go around with someone for the first few laps or did that just happen naturally?
2: Yeah, so I I didn't really go into the race with a specific plan on that. I was going to run my own race, and I wasn't going to intentionally uh, leave anyone, but I also wasn't going to intentionally not leave anyone. But when it it came to the end of that last lap and and Gary and I were together and we saw that we were moving uh, at a solid pace together, uh, we we did agree that we, we needed to work together and we needed to stick together as just having that extra set of eyes is a yeah. uh, huge uh, disaster prevention so that if you do kind of have a mental lapse, someone else is there to to correct you and hopefully not having a mental lapse at the same time.
1: I think it's a slightly different race as well from others in that finishing is seems to be so much more important than getting the furthest.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Especially your your first time out there, and, and where you you know that's or, or you're before you've finished. I, you know, other people who have come back and and gotten a, a second or third finish, maybe a bit different. Uh, but the the focus, the primary goal, is without a doubt, just to finish.
0: And how did it how did it feel then when you when you achieve what you wanted to do? Was it was it a feeling of elation relief? Um, what was, what, you know, all just, just sort of calm satisfaction that you've, you've, you've done it now, now you can do something else.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it was, instantly, it was, it was relief was probably the biggest (laughs) thing that, you know, I, I had gotten there, I hadn't fallen asleep, I hadn't wandered off course. Uh, and then just, yeah, everything that I had been so tightly focused, you know, yeah, I hadn't been able to let my mind or body relax or do anything else for so long. It just kind of, it was like I was in this tight bundle, you know, like a shipping package and someone just cut the string and I, I fell out everywhere. Uh, but beyond that, it was, it was honestly kind of hard to really process things. Yeah. Uh, as I, as I initially sat there, uh, just with, with the state I was in, um, and you know, I'm I'm quite glad that things were were documented well, and now I've been able to go back and look at that and kind of relive the experience while I'm in a pepper state of mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. That's yeah, that's difficult. Like when you, uh, if you, especially like the long stage ultras and stuff, you, you know, you can't remember what's what's going on. So you, you know, having someone either someone else to re, uh, recall it for you, or you know, like you said, having it well documented must, yeah. You know, did it? Did when you look back at that, how well documented it is? Did you? Did you? Did anything surprise you, or did you think, "Oh, I don't remember it quite like that"?
2: No, I. I think it was. It was pretty accurate. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing that I really misremembered. Uh, just some some parts, some gaps uh, to, to <laughs> kind of fill in.
0: In other words, yeah, I, I, I look. I look epic. That's exactly what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But it, it seems to have blown up, I think because of Netflix doing the documentary a few years ago, and the fact that um, the other guy came so close. What's the reaction been? Have, have people, have you had a lot of response from your friends, do strangers now get in touch?
2: Yeah, uh, a lot of support from my, my friends and family and the local community out there. That's That's been incredible to see, and just uh, yeah, like you said, uh, you can complete strangers messages on, on Facebook or, or Twitter or whatnot, that, uh, it's been, it's been awesome to see how much it's, it's kind of inspired and, and motivated people. It's, it's not, not initially had set out for this race way back in 2015. So yeah. it's, it's been a huge bonus and yeah, awesome also a bit overwhelming at times, you know, it, it took me a few days to kind of work my way back through all my, my Twitter notifications and Facebook notifications.
0: Is there any element, and, and I'm, I'm playing slightly devil advocate, here, is there any element where you sort of wish um, what happened um, with the, um, with the, with the cutoff and, um, and, um, you know, not finishing and all the drama that's got that, that's in some way as, has taken a little bit away from the fact that you you scored this heroic <laughs> victory, where the person who hasn't finished has been getting like almost as much sort of press as you. Does that is there, are there any element of you that just go, oh, I wish I wish there was more glory on me. I'm just with uh, my own point of view if I was in that situation.
2: I've uh, I've been getting more than my fair share. Um, <laughs> you know, definitely had as as much as I can handle and uh, more than I. Uh, ever ever would have wanted so that's you know he he does have a great story and i, I feel awful for him yeah uh, and we were both kind of in those shoes last year not as as close as he was this year uh and and people after last year that i got told so many times john you you had the most inspiring race and in my head i'm just thinking well i would have rather had a perfectly non-inspiring race <laughs> yeah <again." laughs> and not do it again yeah. <laughs> yeah so i i know i know very much kind of kind of what's going through his mind and and he's he's an awesome guy and you know he's a very well he was a very well-known ultra runner going into it so he already kind of has that that presence and uh it's it's just natural that that's that's going to garner attention and that's
0: sometimes sometimes people love the story of someone not finishing a race um uh you know almost almost too much and i'm not talk, talking from personal experience in any way there <laughs> well
1: yeah i think i think it's especially because most of us are losers and so when <laughs>
2: someone fails we, we have a
1: lot more empathy for
2: them. <laughs> yeah be, oh, that's brilliant. It. Can... i'm not the
1: only loser even this guy's a loser
2: <laughs> yeah and i'm well it could certainly be some aspect of that of again he is this great well-known runner and, and yeah. so seeing that it, it makes it uh very relatable to to people that hey even even this guy can can come up a bit short
1: do you think gary's going to go back again next year
2: uh that is a you know something that he is going to to have to decide and that's going to be a long personal decision and something to discuss with his wife is it's it's a big time commitment And he'll make that decision in his own time. But if he does go back, I would love to see him there. I'd love to see him get that finish and and help him however I can.
1: So for you, is that the end of your your Barkley love affair? Or could you see yourself going for another attempt?
2: I'll I'll never say never, um, but probably highly unlikely next year. I'd like to take a step back, relax, recharge for a bit, Uh, let my family recharge, uh and in, enjoy the other side of the race I've, I've never gotten to kind of be in camp or anything because i've been yeah. one of the last yeah. ones in and by the time i get in everyone's packed up and gone <laughs> So I'd, I'd love to be there be part of camp be part of someone's crew and, and help someone else uh shoot for their their barkley goals
1: wow yeah i think that'd be amazing to see actually i mean it's it's almost as hard for the people watching as the people doing it because how often do you have to support in one space where there's no shops and you're there for 50, 60 hours? I mean, that's fair play to the, uh, the crew.
2: Yeah, I mean, my, my crew is, is awesome. And, and with me being local to the race, that gives me kind of a big, big leg up on the logistics. I mean, my yeah. family is right there just 10 minutes from the, the entrance to the park uh and so uh it's uh, i don't know what they do during all that time i do think about that you know i i've been out here running for 60 hours what what have all these people been doing <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can learn a yeah. language
2: you can learn a language in
1: that time or something couldn't you You're yeah like, what? yeah
0: um, uh, what, that'd when be a you, great
1: challenge actually yeah you
2: set them and... a
1: challenge after 12 hours and say the next time i come back i want you to have needed a jumper I want you to have made a seven-layer lasagna. Yeah. You Just could learn mandolin.
2: Bit... Yeah, yeah, learn <laughs> yeah. how to play guitar. Well, they they got the the bugler there they playing taps. I think by the end of sixty hours, so, you know, half of camp could know how to do that. They <laughs> they put their mind to it.
0: When you when you, so when you join this esteemed group of um, this very very small group of people who finished, do you um, is there is there something that happens afterwards? Do you is there like a Facebook group for? So for Barclay finishes, or is there? You know, do you do you all of a sudden get a, a phone call in the middle of the night inviting you to to you know come along to a you know to a secret location where you all sit round and, and and laugh at people that haven't completed it? Is there you know does, does anything else happen beyond this, or or is that a, a, a dark, deep, dark secret only
2: for the, the chosen few? Uh, I I haven't gotten that call, um, and you know I you know we most of us well a, a large number of us at least know each other but yeah. there's it, almost everyone that has had success at Barclay has has been very internally motivated for that success and yeah. so uh, all of us that have finished uh, I think we're very much just content taking that home with us and and we know that we did it yeah. um, and, and that's that's good enough
1: and is there something else on your horizon that you think could be as challenging or are you quite happy to just feel content now and take on other challenges that are just more there for personal fun?
2: Yeah, I don't think there is anything in the, uh, at least in the, the athletic world or the world of physical challenges uh, that, that is as challenging. Uh, So, so certainly not uh, when you look at my running or, or my triathlon or whatnot, uh you know, helping kind of getting my startup out there and, and helping it grow is certainly a, <laughs> a big challenge. Uh, but it's the whole Barclay experience, you know, it, it's something that has has taught me so much and made me so much stronger that I'll, I'll definitely be able to face those other challenges in, in life uh, much, uh, much better after this
0: do you look, Do you look back on it in a nostalgic way, even though you know there's like there's pain and and um you know all the problems in sleep deprivation, things like that do you look back and you think oh i wish i was i wish I was in the middle of a you know a, a dense packed <laughs> foggy forest clutching um a bunch of um uh, torn out pages right now do, does that does that ever crop up in normal life or does you really when you only go back to it 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 it, it comes back into your consciousness
2: yeah I mean, there's, there's definitely something kind of freeing about that of just being out there. And that's, that's all you have to worry about is getting to your next book. Like nothing else matters at at that point. You're just out there in the woods. Uh, and it's, it's you against you. And there's, there's something pretty great about that feeling. So sometimes, yeah, you, you say, yeah, I just, I, I wish I was out there right now. Uh, You know, probably not out there for all that long, but but maybe (laughs) briefly. (laughs) The highlights, the highlights reel of it, yeah. (laughs) Right,
1: yeah. And um, there's going to be a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are desperate to apply. From those that are thinking, what would you say is the mentality that would actually be the type of person who could finish this?
2: Uh. The, the type of person who is able to just completely fixate on a goal and, and want it so bad that no matter w- what comes up, no matter what obstacle comes up, uh, you, you are able to, to plow through it and, and get to that goal, even, even if it seems uh, impossible at first. And, you know, there are a lot of people who say, well, yeah, I'll never quit. Of course I'll never quit. And then they quit on the first loop. Uh, it's it, it's a very extreme mentality, and I think that's why a lot of people who have had success at Barclay are are people who have kind of advanced degrees in science or engineering because they've they've done that they've they've had that experience of just fixating on some uh, far flung long term goal and, and doing whatever is necessary to to get there.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, you know david uh my uh, being a computer scientist myself you know mechanical uh, degree and all of that I, I see myself in that in that mold you, you would you say the same to yourself J.D.
0: What? What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: no, I was completely completely blagging trying to
0: pretend that could be me, but what I like about that is when you say, yeah, someone that can completely fixate on a goal and go for that goal as though nothing <laughs> important. The the doobadders have all got ADHD. Literally anything that turns up that any race that's suggested, people are like, I'll sign up for that, I'll sign up for that, I'll sign up for that. Um <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't quite fit the profile. What is it what's who's who gets the number one? Um uh um number um is it is it a sacrifice to the gods
2: yeah the yeah the I think the virgin I think, sacrifice yeah. gets the uh gets the number one bib, so that's the person that's out that even even the sacrifice is is someone who has legit credentials and is someone that They don't know they're the sacrifice until they get that bib. So it's not, Laz gets so many applicants from people saying, oh, I'd be such a great sacrifice. Let me in and I'll be the sacrifice. (laughs) uh, If, if you want to be the sacrifice or you think you would be the sacrifice, uh, then, then you're not, the sacrifice you're you're not going to get in, and and you're not going to be the sacrifice.
1: So that moment each year must be amazing to oh, see that the was... person when they realise the it. <laughs> I'd yeah. love it if you if you turned up hell
0: hard and they <laughs> gave you that number. That that would once, be worth good, it, good, right? It'd be worth, yeah. it'd be worth <laughs> it. having a film crew there just for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, putting on the whole event just to piss one person <laughs> off, and um, and in terms of the if if someone's lucky enough to get in. What would you say um, are the, the key words of advice you'd give to them to to try and succeed?
2: Uh, again, so you know, prepare yourself mentally with with dealing with failure, with dealing with obstacles, uh, going and getting yourself lost in the woods, and trying to to get out without panicking, uh, and and learning basic navigation. Uh, again, just. It's not an orienteering event, but you need to know how to follow the features of the terrain, how to do basic map and compass skills. And then, of course, the, the easiest part to prepare for really is is the physical aspect, in which case uh, you, you, you've got to get that elevation in. And I, I don't even get as much elevation as a lot of people do for Barkland, again, just due to, to time constraints and to where I live. Uh, but you've, you've got to climb you've got to climb steep hills and you've got to get your body ready for that
0: i love that i I, I love it when like the physicality is the easy part of a race i mean that is is a sign of a great race
1: (laughs) yeah i think um, anyone in in the uk who's not around the lake districts or the peak districts really going to struggle to get yeah any kind of heat uh, any kind of ascent in in their training for them um, well thank you so uh, much I've, for coming on the podcast it's been amazing
2: uh, i will say you know I've, I've made a few trips to london during Barkley training time and I've, I've found some hills to go up and down it's you don't need a mountain you just need a short steep hill that you can run up and down a few hundred times uh,
1: int- do you know which prim- one primrose hill.
0: primrose hill, surely that's going to be that's going to be the best one for
2: that <laughs> yeah I, I can't remember uh is it is it I can't remember which park it was. Is there is there a Regent Park? That,
1: yeah, that's a flat one. It might have been Hampstead potentially. Okay. Uh, Hampstead Heath's got some some pretty yeah, well. Yeah. Nothing's that long. But then if you're looking for short you know, my, sharp, my my
2: hill my hill that I used this year it was uh, 95 feet up and one twentieth of a mile long. So I'd run oh. 10, 10 repeats up and down it. And that was one mile and nine hundred and fifty feet. Were well, you so doing yeah. your
1: twenty-six miles on that?
2: No, no. The <laughs> I I did. I think I did up to twelve miles on that. Wow! So you know, you you may you make with what you get.
1: And are you on Strava or anything where we can follow?
2: Uh, I I am. So there's a link to it uh, from the training page on my my blog, and okay. I I'm, I'm kind of. I don't use straw all my stuff sinks there and I've kind of just now I think I had everything set to private by accident and I, I just now kind of opened it up um, that for actually like making notes on my runs and correcting yeah. stuff for like treadmill runs and whatnot. I, I have all that on Garmin connect, which it's, it's linked up there as well.
1: Well, I'll find the links and I'll put it in the, the, do bad, the bad boy running facebook okay. group because um, I, I i really want to find out which hill it is because i'll be out there at some point may, well i can't imagine i'll ever get into barclay but um there's enough hilly races that finding that hill will be useful i think for anyone in london but um in in terms of other ways in which people can follow you you've, you've obviously got your your facebook so your, your blog mm-hmm. um, which is randomforestrunner.com
2: Yep, and all of my social media is, is linked from there as well. My my Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and e- even my LinkedIn. If you know you, you want some data science work.
1: Brilliant. Well, absolutely. Little plug. Last What's the company it. called?
2: Uh, Q Branch. So it's spelled Q X Branch.
1: QX Brands, and it's um, it's UK and US now, isn't it? As I think we discussed earlier.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we we've we've set up shop there, uh, in d- down in Canary Wharf in London.
1: Oh, amazing! Well, um, if you ever over in London, let us know. We'll uh, we'll take you out for beer, and we can maybe find some new hills that we can attempt <laughs> together.
2: That sounds great.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. If you got any other questions, Jody, that you'd like to uh, throw John's way.
0: No, I don't think so. That's been amazing. Thank you so much for your time, John.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go and watch all the footage again now that we've actually chatted so <laughs> yeah. I can uh, just see the difference between you now and on the video at the end of, of Barclay.
2: <laughs> all right, that sounds great. Thank you all so much. Enjoyed it. You have a good day.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, John. Thanks, um. Bye. Bye. Ooh. Oh, crikey. Blimey. Oh, you weren't
0: even subtle there. You weren't even suffering your your attempt. Pick to...
1: me, Matthew. So pick you, me.
0: So well, you're you, you're telling me that I was, um, you know, trying to study in great detail. uh Colin McCourt's uh "Diet." Yeah, uh, you know, this, <laughs> this, this this was your your chance to 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 do a Colin McCourt. Um So, uh, exactly how does the uh, entry process work? And as uh, specifically <laughs> on the first lap, you know. Uh,
1: yeah well um
0: that's all that's the only reason we get guests on is mainly <laughs> mainly to try and work to, it, we can't afford personal trainers or expert advice we've just set up a podcast <laughs> so we could we could just get advice from them for free
1: yeah absolutely i mean we will um in fact we should have got the organizer on that's the secret damn yeah. it damn it or to be fair i mean john was amazing but i i think there are very few races when i i think of them when I don't think, yeah, I'm sure it's hard, but it's fine. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd do that. Yeah, whatever. Whereas Barkley, I, j- I don't think anyone on earth can can think or can listen to what John said and have any idea whether they'd be able to finish it. Yeah. Where do you think you'd get to? Where do
0: I think I'd get to?
1: Um, I, th- um... <sighs> I don't know if I'd make a lap.
0: No, I think I'd make a lap. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, I love the idea of doing something you know you, you, you can't finish. I like the idea of that. I like the idea of yeah. doing something that you know you're going to fail um, because it's so hard.
1: I've done that in... Bars across the land. You've done night.
0: that. You did that when yeah. you entered Special Forces Hell Week.
1: Every attractive woman I've approached. <laughs> yeah, Special Forces Hell Week. I should have known. When you, when you, when Hell
0: you Week. saw when you saw Dante, you knew that this was going to be a lose-lose situation, no matter what. When he happens. said
1: twenty press ups, I knew that no man, no. no man could do twenty. But I tried. I tried. <laughs>
0: No, but there is there is is something about there's something um, really enticing about doing something to uh, that you that you you know you're going to fail at, Um, and I think you know it's one of those things. The thing is, when I think about it, like I agree with you. There's certain there's races which I remember I used to think, oh my god, I will never be able to do that. Like I I remember looking back and thinking, London to Brighton. Oh my god, that is so far. That's like fifty (laughs) six miles. I'm I'm never going to be able to run. 56 miles and yeah. then and then when you do it you I'm just like yeah yeah we'll just do it one weekend um I because- think the
1: fact it is so hard makes it even harder because if I was to do a marathon and people knew that I wouldn't be able to drop out because everyone's like why didn't you finish a marathon it's it's fine you know you you, you should be able to do that easily and if you do some quite hard challenges there's that embarrassment of um thinking i couldn't have gone to the mds and not finished unless i was in a coma because i trained so hard and people expected me to finish with this it's so hard if you finish out after one lap no one's gonna go what are you playing at i can't believe everyone's gonna go how well just how hard was it you then tell them the horror stories and they go mate fair play for even doing one lap which makes it so easy to drop out yeah that's true because there's no shame in dropping out at any point. When you hear of people who've been out there for 12 hours getting what? lost and they have 12 hours to get back, you, there's no shame in that.
0: Are you, are you saying, then, we have to lead the movement of shaming anyone that does less than a fun run? <laughs> 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 that everyone, everyone's being far too, far too nice to the people that drop out after, after, before three laps. It's for
1: their own good.
0: So you're, you're pathetic. <laughs>
1: yeah. I haven't failed a single Barkley. How many of you <laughs> failed, eh, eh? <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I just don't know with this one whether. But actually, that uh, what adds to the spice of it. There's that little bit of me when you were a child, and people would go, "Yeah, with LSD, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You might end up." cutting all your skin off because you think snakes are trying to get out of your skin you're like really that sounds ridiculous that's so dangerous but how exciting <laughs> I, and the fact that on the, f- the fifth lap what he's talking about is so alien to me i've been tired before i've um, I, you know i've done hard races where i think i've mentioned before I, I packed toothpaste instead of an energy gel because i was so tired um but that's not doesn't even begin to compare to that um to how he's describing his fifth lap where you can only have one sole thought, and even that you can't hold on to
0: yeah I mean like, like have you ever have you ever had a part of a race been in a part of a race where you can't remember it afterwards, not really no yeah. see that that you know like when i, I when I did the 100, 100 mileer, which I don't think is, uh, I I think multi days are harder than hundred miles, um, but there's there's sections of that that just a complete complete blackout for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know what you did with me during those periods. Why were we out for so long? Um, but um,
1: well, that's the, why we weren't moving. <laughs> <laughs> <I should.
0: Shh. laughs> we're spooning,
1: <laughs> spooning, on, <laughs> spooning the car park on the South Down. But um, but, He's yeah, done but harder races than me though, so that's that's why I've never, yeah, been yeah, in that position.
0: But but the thing is, if you yeah, but when you like black, yeah, it's not it is like a blackout. I mean, like when he says that twenty minutes, he didn't know what was do what he was doing. He, he stood somewhere else. I can totally see that. But mm-hmm. but on, on a hundred mile race, you know, on the last like, what's it called? It that only happened in the you know for like a few hours or something. And I had you with me. I mean, that's the whole point of having a pacer there. Um, so yeah. you 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 that. That doesn't worry you as much. Um, it's almost the same as like when you get so drunk you can't remember, uh, like you end up all of a sudden stood in a in a room somewhere, um, and your bags missing and everything else, um, and, and you wonder how you got there. And you're like, what? What's happened? You, you know, th- th- imagine that in a in a running situation. I imagine that happens to you
1: all the time. That actually. fills me with confidence because <laughs> I I'd, I'd say that in terms of people on Earth who've had drunken running experiences i've got to be up there absolutely anyway and any- what great way to train but I, th- I think also my worry would be if i even when i'm navigating on simple races i'll be looking at the map i'll be running down a simple path and then i'll start singing a song and i'll think about oh um, i wonder what i'm gonna have for tea for tonight t- tonight because i'm really hungry i wouldn't mind some bacon right now and i run completely past the left hand turning so I don't know how you'd be able to concentrate for 60 hours where the consequences are going wrong. There's just so much more, just destroy your race.
0: You know, think about it, yeah. I mean, like, even with, um, even like people on like the Thames Path, like, uh, yeah, what's it called? Thames Path 100 and, uh, and ultras along that, people, you know, miss one signpost because they're, because they're looking at a bird or something like that, or they're looking yeah. at someone, you know, someone funny on a barge or, or something like that. You know, it's just the, I mean, you know, it's the guy, that poor guy. I keep, thing is, I keep forgetting what his name is. It's something Robbins. I keep thinking, I keep thinking Tony Robbins. <laughs> it, like, and that's all I can think of. So I stop, I, I, I keep forgetting his name. Gary Robbins. Gary, Gary. Robbins. Um, yeah. But, you know, just the idea that you could scupper your whole race in just a second. There's there's something yeah. that is just beautiful about that. There's something that is just so incredible um that you know, one little lapse in concentration and you know, you can destroy your race. Or someone else can destroy your race.
1: You kept what, missing. one lapse in concentration by a marshal. You
0: kept missing, you kept miss did you miss the nuts uh <laughs> references I, know. I was
1: making. <laughs> No, no, I was picking up on those and the bitterness, but he clearly had no concept of thought, of oh, this is going to be, it's going to take a while to describe this. And also, it's like when, say you meet someone who's had a horrific car crash and they, uh, they're they in a wheelchair, they can hardly speak and you go, oh yeah, mate, mate, I, I know what you feel like. I had a bike crash the other day, really scuffed my knee. That was you. You were trying to pretend that it was the same.
0: Yeah, well I was not was saying the same? I was just saying that people love the drama. People love the drama of of a, a, a um a mission incomplete. Of a failure. Of a failure. Yeah. yeah. Even though let's just point this out, he who should not be named was the reason for the failure.
1: It's it's the injustice, I think. In- feel, oh,
0: yeah, 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 we've thrown injustice into it as well, which makes it even better.
1: Yeah, because you feel like the guy should just go, Yeah, go on, you finished. You've finished, why not? Because that's what you want him to do for the poor Blake. Everyone wins. Everyone's happy. But um, ultimately, yeah.
0: Are we talking about it, Nuts or Barkley? I can't tell. I, I'm talking I, about I, Barkley. Oh, are I'm you? I'm talking okay. about no, I, 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 I was thinking, quite happy that he hadn't think, finished. I am thinking about the injustice of it still. So let's not let's not go there. I'm going to run a story through there's, him. Are you going to there's have not your... a
1: second that goes by. There's, <laughs> well, there's not a second that goes by in your day that you don't think about him. You probably make love to your wife thinking about him.
0: Oh my god, let's end this here. If you've just joined us <laughs> If you've just joined is, this. Is to that to what this,
1: she says when you're going. End this here. <laughs> I'll turn over on you the back. You haven't
0: made cut off. Um <laughs> Well,
1: um uh, that's, yes. the, that's the that's Bad Boy Running Podcast. It might be the first time you've listened to it. Yeah, that sums um, it up
0: really. That we've that, encapsulated yeah. what it is. We've had a, there's been an if you expect in every episode to be this full of running it's not this is this is a special for a reason um,
1: but oh, if oh, you if gone. you're coming back to listen to jd's stories of making love to his wife that doesn't happen this regularly either so um, i'm not sure what you're going to be coming back for
0: all right i've got to go now
1: <laughs> is that <the> misses yeah. <laughs> going away well guys please subscribe Tell your friends about it. Uh, come to the Facebook group, Bad Boy Running. Um, and that's where we share the information about the topics and also loads of stories from Do Badders around the world. Any comments, letters at do uh, badboyrunning.com. And uh, if you are going to listen again, it's just do a little bit, bit of research on 90s reggae music, specifically Pato Banton. It will save you a lot of time in the long run, believe me.
0: Absolutely. Anyway, man, see you later. Well,
1: Bada-bye-bye-bye-bye, bada-bye-bye-bye-bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Baby, come back. Bada-bye-bye-bye, bye bye bye. Bye, bye 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 I must admit I was a clone to be
0: messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town.
1: Come back. Yes, and give me one more try. Cause a love like this should I never, ever die. Come back.